Let's get juice. Right. That's, that's the sound of get, being ready, I guess. These cans were dented because I, I got out of the car and put my bag on and it just slipped right off my shoulder and it fell and one of them burst and it was like spraying out. So like, oh fuck. <laughs> I quickly ran upstairs and I found like the spraying can and I did what they do in those like, when you like shotgun a can like that. You like, oh, no and I was, I was doing that like, over, <laughs> over the sink and like I looked down and there's like a neighbor like looking up. <laughs> like, so I just run into my house to shotgun the cans on my own. <laughs> <laughs> you just make awkward eye contact with this neighbour who now thinks you're an alcoholic. What, what time was this? This was like 10 minutes before you guys got it. Oh, shit. I didn't, shot, like, I didn't what, like, like shotgun it, the whole can. I was just like, you know, it's like, stuck in the hole. It's hall like 6 o'clock because you're like, shit, he's had a hard day. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just, just like running into Leg it in. I just, love, I just love the idea. They would have just seen the scene happen. You pull into your drive, and of course your your kitchen's just at, like the window is just above where your car's parked. Yeah. They would have seen you just run inside, lock the door, go up, and then in the window just see you shocking this, <laughs> frantically shocking this. I beer. hope they would have seen that I was in all day anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I just gone out just to get cans to do that. Oh, for fuck's sake. Right, anyway, welcome to Lonely Arts Club. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, Josh here, got V's and Ali. How are you boys? We're good. We're good. Well, I'm good. Well, you're good. <laughs> You've been chugging beers all evening. Yeah. Well, last week we had the lovely Scion, and it was the first ever Lonely Arts Club I've done sober. So this week I'm making up for it, and I've, I started drinking a little while ago. I so you're, you're, you're already about uh, halfway through the bottle. So it's, I'm about it's, it's a, a good... bottle of wine. Yeah. So uh, it's, 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 it's Friday night. You know, it's, it's you're, you're you're allowed to have a, a you know. Uh, I've got a long week. Been a long week. Um, what, what, what have you What have you done this week, Ali? Give us an update. Obviously. Well, yeah, you, 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 well, like two episodes ago, you were 10 days into production. Then last episode, you were 12, 12. days into production. So it's been a week. I'm, How I'm, many like, days in I'm like 17 now, so that's fine. Okay, so, so you, shit, you've, okay. Gone, you've, gone, you've gone in. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think all of the days have been that productive. Um, some good stuff's happened with the album, but like, um, there's not much interesting to say about it right now but it's, but it's stuff it's, that like because I, I remember I, you saying like for, like for you it might not be interesting but like it, but you're but you're you're uh, an artist a young artist actually going and recording an album it's been there's been a lot of failures and that's like normal in making an album mm. you do a lot you record a lot of stuff you don't like it you feel like you've wasted a day and that's normal mm. and you know you've got to persist with things how um, many um how many tracks do you reckon end up on the uh, a, f- a film term the cutting ring floor like how how, yeah. how, uh, how how many songs do you reckon you go through before you maybe end up at sort of like okay that's a good amount well and no, i guess for my last album there was probably like 14 recorded not all finished and then nine ended up on the album okay um that's pretty usual yeah exactly it's pretty normal but like <clears throat> a lot of a lot of us have double the amount of tracks on the album yeah so. but, but like billy eilish and when her and Phineas made her album. They were like, they don't really understand why people do that and how people do that. And he was saying, well, they were saying that they just put every single thing they made during that period of time on the album. That oh, is the that's album. That's crazy because they're all bangers. Mm. I mean, is that a thing? Do you, do you know if you're, that, if you're if you're writing yeah. for an album? That band, um, do you know Wonder? They oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they got piece. massive, and basically, I was shown one of their songs by an A and R at Parlophone when I went to his office and. 
I was like, what are you listening to these days? And he showed me this band called I Wonder who had just put out like, you know, six or seven songs. They, they were they all individual tracks they put they were, out? Oh yeah, yeah, there's loads like of, they're they putting out a song a month for a year and then at the uh, end of the year, they're like, this is going to be our album. And by the end of the year, they'd gotten so big from these songs that they signed like to a massive label. One thing I, I like about huge. them is that they, they, they must be one of the most remixed artists of the last few years because literally there's remix of them, uh, remixes of them everywhere like yeah. they, like the, the melodies that they write are incredibly catchy like yeah. really well written stuff good pop music isn't it yeah exactly yeah um but but yeah i i, I remember <clears throat> like there's there's bands like i think it may have been like like lincoln park or something like years ago i remember they saying uh, they said that they um for one of their earlier albums wrote about like a hundred tracks wow is that excessive there's a good documentary <laughs> about lincoln park like recording Meteora, maybe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was like a, like a double disc they put out when they came out with that, which did have like a little documentary on about how they made everything. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's also it's, it's funny watching like rock bands like that, like old school new metal rock bands, kind of make music and write their lyrics. And I don't know if you've seen the Metallica documentary. Sort yeah, of I have. Monster. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And like James Hetfield's just like in this room thinking of like lyrics. He's like, ah, oh, like. Monster, I like that word. Like, <laughs> anger. Is he is he the guy that writes everything in like like two lines? Like he'll like have a book for like two liners. Oh, I like, don't know. And then there there is an artist out there that does that. Um, but yeah, to go back to like the original uh, point of of like writing for an album, like that's interesting because everything I've been doing with Benji has yeah. been like a bit of a mishmash. I feel like it's, I mean, uh, uh, I feel like it's more of a mixtape than it is an album because it hasn't been written as an album. Like there's a whole bunch of tracks that we've done. There's been a whole bunch of guests and together it makes like there, there is a sound throughout and it makes mm. a coherent body of work. But like my experience of putting that album together now, because like we, we embarked down the road of making sumos, which was me basically trying to make this record and then all of these other tracks ended up on the cutting room floor, which is like three times the amount of the tracks that ended up on the record. Um, and then those tracks, a lot of them have turned into Benji's album. Um, and I, I listening to it, obviously uh, he's coming at it from like a, a rap perspective where uh, it works for him as an album and that's great. Um, but like as a produ producer, songwriter, from the, the music standpoint of it, like if I was going to write an album, which I'm going to be doing in the new year, like there would be a lot of thought behind like a coherent sound, exactly like yeah, how right. I want the vibe. I mean, I mean, obviously you, you've got a very specific sound. Uh, yeah, not, I mean, not specific. Well, but like you've got like a. It's tough to vibe. be honest. I think I think it can change song to song. You don't really know how things are going to come out until you're kind of halfway through a track, and it is hard to sometimes fit a certain thing on an album. It doesn't quite work. Um, I do you, with do, that. You, do you think that's what? Um, like we, I think we, we we were chatting about this just before we started recording. Uh, the difference between like say a mixtape and an album is an album should an album be a, like, like a more a more coherent, um, cohesive sound uh, that 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 spans across uh, like what like seven to twelve well, tracks I, I, or something. I, like I, I can come at that from a hip hop standpoint. What's what's your standpoint mm. on that? Yeah, I think it should be cohesive. Um, yeah. It doesn't necessarily need to be. I mean, it's, you know, music, it's subjective. You can do mm. whatever the hell you want, really. 
but as long yeah, as it's over a certain length or nine songs, whatever, then it's an album. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you write, you're like you, you're resorting to a lot of the same sort of sources, like like the guitars and the banjos and the pianos. Yeah, and, and you've got like that sort of approach to it that makes them over more. There's sound. kind of instruments I feel like I know I'm going to use. Yeah, yeah. Hip hop's a bit weird because you come at it and you can come at it from a few different angles with like software synthesizers. You can come at it from samples, like taking like really old music and. Well, to be fair, like, you know, I think my music has expanded beyond just like, you know, yeah. guitars and banjos and stuff. Like, yeah. So much stuff is like cut up samples of yeah, yeah. piano and just like synth sounds I start with and drones and things well, like well, that. Well, something I've seen that I'm I'm super intrigued to actually watch you do. You've got a really old, uh, it's your it's your tape. Um, tape machine, yeah. Tape machine. And, and there was like this time I, I came over to see Ali like, uh, on, like around like a lunchtime before and you... you you were just. I was like, "What? Do you, like, do you? What do you use it for? Recording?" And then, and then you showed me like you record, uh, you do, like chords and drones and, and and stuff onto it, and then you manipulate that by like pulling the tape or like sort of bending it, and you get these sort of really awesome sort of uh, I, I don't know warped sort of. Um, you can get some like really nice squeals and like yeah. scraping sounds, and like yeah, you can warp and bend the tape, and you can just like make like rattles and things like that, and. What I use it for a lot of time is if you're kind of like transitioning between two parts of a song, it's good to like make the first section like the guitar break down or something. So it's like you oh, kind of like cool. you kind of like warp it slightly, then like turn some of the knobs to make it like kind of pop and click, and then it feels like it's broken down into the next bit. Kind That's of cool. So rather than literally just a fade out, it's it's a lot more or of like software. An you know, you could obviously do that with plugins yeah. and, and then like mm. automate a whole bunch of stuff. You've yeah. got like a real manual hands-on approach there. I've yeah. started to like really like doing stuff physically. Yeah, if I have the means, you know. Otherwise, I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. I like to learn, and it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, like I was, I was super like I, I love that kind of stuff. But it was like, have you, have you found that um, going into your new stuff, you've you like you're you're sort of pushing and experimenting a lot more. Um, is that just for your for like for, for well, your own sort of sense of like <clears throat> like as a producer, or I guess so. I don't want to make just a bunch of other songs that have already been made yeah. and I want to learn how to use these bits of gear I've been buying and I kind of, yeah. you know, music's the only interest that I keep coming back to and then... Kind of got know, to now. Yeah, I got, guess so, yeah. yeah you've got to, yeah. I've bought too many guitars to turn around now. Um, <laughs> I feel like this like perfectly leads into what we were talking about, which is um, when you have, say, you, you put that time in and you've built a body of work, people start following you and you've, uh, you've amassed a following and people recognise your work as being this thing. So then, say, you got a, like, like from an illustration standpoint, you might have a specific style. I, I've noticed a couple of illustrators lately that have like line work portraits that are very kind of like scruffy and then they add in watercolors and it makes this very specific look. Hmm. I know a handful of illustrators back home that have like very specific methodologies where they go in like using like one single line drawings and like like make something like that. Um, in terms of music, yeah, you might make an album or something where you've kind of got this vision of how you want it to sound. So at that point, assuming that it's, you know, palatable and, and, and your marketing's on point and you, you've built an audience and people are looking at you and starting to pay attention to you, and then you, you're, you're like, okay, now it's time to move on to the next thing, whether that's like, you know, your next art book or, or your next step in your design career, if that's your next album or record. Mm -hmm. the, the means of 
progressing into the next stage of your career obviously as a creative you want to be able to uh you know experiment and have like you know not not a huge amount of inhibitions and, and and try new interesting things but you also need to make your work recognizable to the audience that have started following you yeah. like, so you know you, if you started making like hip-hop or something now people would be like what the fuck's over I'll ask you, like, you're making a new album right now. Yeah. You've got a following, a pretty sizable one. And obviously you're a very talented producer. So you're going to want, like you said, you've got new bits of gear. You're bringing mm -hmm. them into the studio. You're going to want to try out new methodologies of making sounds. How do you go about exploring and experimenting and supplementing your soul as an artist while also appeasing the audience that has come to know you for your style of work that you've put out so far? Man, it's tough because obviously you don't know what people are going to like and that's not a reason to make music in the first place, just to, you know, please people. But you kind of hope that people can like empathise with your journey as an artist, yeah, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and be like, oh, well, this album is my part, this, this like last year of my life as an artist, this is what I've wanted to make. And... I guess if you've got the right kind of fan base, they kind of stick with you. Yeah. Um, and like, clearly I'm not going to turn into a hip hop artist or anything like that. But I'm still, that, that put, I'm still putting money on that. I, I, I still think you're going to do A whole first episode. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, think, I think you need to just transition um, smoothly. Yeah. I mean, James Vincent McMorrow from his like yeah i was very I was, acoustic sound into a much more electronic one yeah like this yeah. Kind of like, i mean I if, if people listeners don't know him he's like a really big irish folk yeah. artist who then started getting slightly more electronic and more like r&b and hip-hop yeah um pseudo suit like pseudo 80s yeah is, always, is how I, and yeah. it wasn't received amazingly i mean it was received well but his fan base that's the thing because yeah like if if the fan base you have are like really you know um into you they'll stay by your side anyway mm. and like the old songs aren't going anywhere so that's fine and maybe it'll open the doors to a bunch of new new fans because mm. i think a lot of my new music is going to be a bit more upbeat but still have that kind of melancholic edge to it yeah. and like i think melody is key with songwriting so as long as you've got like the nice melody mm. then i think it's okay. and that's where a lot of your personal style comes in i guess yeah, when it comes to what th you like as a melody and what kind of timbre you're trying to express. I think that I'm self-producing this album when I have done with all my other music. That's how it ties into being the same. Yeah. Like, I think I I'll no naturally doubt. make it this sound kind yeah. of similar. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, if, if you were to break it down then, how would you... Because I, I guess... You're sort of building on top of instead of... Yeah, exactly. I, and I, th I think how I sort of interpreted, like, like kind of what you're talking about, is it's all about um, voice. Like, let's say... Uh, as a film director, I'd call that my, you know, it's my vision or my, my, my voice to the director. So I, I, I kind of see that as your, if, if you're a producer or as an artist, um, that's the way you interpret things. And I think that's, that's you, you, you see that in, in people's bodies of work is that like, um, it's, it's still, you see, you still see how they sort of see the world and, and put that into a, yeah. um, an art form, but it changes as it's, they change. And, yeah. and how would you, um, break down the, the the I guess the core elements that that define your voice. Oh man, that's a big I mean, question. It's, 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 a big it's, question. It's existential, <laughs> and like like I feel like lately the the more I've been working on my shit, 
and like the more it's been improving, the less I'm thinking about it. That's a good thing, though. Like I'm not. Right. I don't know about you, man, but like I'm I've, just like going with what I know and what I like, and I'm trying to build on that. It's like the f- that's really good thing. It's usually for me the first couple of days of that, and then it's like overthinking for ages and ages. <laughs> and you get into a loop. It's a blend. Like I think it's something you said earlier about trying to get that balance between. Oh yeah, um, we we can move on to that because I think that's like, going to be a... yeah persistence in making something sound right and the balance between having doing something quick and off the cuff and loose yeah. to make it so you don't stifle it so it's really natural. Well, I I think that's a, that's a um, such a good point to be fair and like to to get to a point where um, I guess I don't I know are you in a place where it's just like you're you're comfortable and you're just doing it because it's fun or like have you have you had to train yourself not to not to think about it because because i can imagine that being no, the I thing think, that does hold a lot of people back i think yeah it's i i i'm 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 an anomaly because like i do both music and artwork so like i kind of like i, I really enjoy doing both of these two different things because i really like drawing parallels between them yeah um in terms of music i I don't know, like, maybe I'm not as experienced a producer. I mean, I've, I've got a lot of years under my belt, but I'm not as experienced as I am in artwork. So with music, I probably think a lot more. But with artwork, I've done it since I was so young mm. that at this point, I don't really think about it, which has been really nice. I've just been just what? using what I like and then just trying to, like, push it as far yeah. as I fucking can. And then if, through trying to, like, say if I'm... I, really enjoy making an image with certain kind of qualities and then i want to make a new kind of image i've I've lately been like going right okay so i've i've explored portraits almost as far as i can with the style that i've i've got going on like i i've pushed it pretty far and now that i've been doing the inktober stuff i'm like trying to do those portraits but i'm trying to bring in new things like surrealism and then um, because I set myself the challenge of doing Inktober, which is one piece a day, which I failed dramatically at um, just because my shit takes too long. Um, well, this, this, this is something I was going to ask is, is the idea of the uh, like time is yeah. is is um, this the skill of doing what you do. I, I, I see like I, I find it really interesting. The idea of like you've got your, your skill set in drawing, which is ridiculously like a high level i think i know you're very hard on yourself but i the, the way that i see it it is one of the highest levels that i that i know like i haven't seen anyone draw at that level i have to thanks that's no, no i no, I, I, I super self no that's fine I, but I, I i i love it and, and I, but I like the idea that you you're you're, you're saying that you that you failed at, at inktober but actually what i what i see happening and developing really really well is the idea of you tailoring your skills and actually doing it like you're reducing the time that you that you're trying to spend on it and the creativity and and the outcome that comes from those restrictions yeah. it's like they say is uh, um what is that quote from creativity like you uh, something about um restrictions or limitation is is the, yeah. is the birth of creativity so i mean the limitations that i imposed upon myself was uh so i <clears throat> i usually draw a lot of stuff in ink and then um i'll i'll if it if it's just an instagram post then i'll sort of lay it out i'll take a photo of it and then i'll bring that uh f- photo of the illustration into photoshop and then i'll paint over it or under it it's a long again. process <laughs> yeah everything i do is a long process I'm, I'm so fucking meticulous it's a detriment but um I, I'll, I'll bring the the photo into photoshop and then i'll, I'll set that i mean if, if if you're into 
uh, illustration or Photoshop, I set that photo to multiply, um, and then underneath <laughs> that, then I'll, I'll paint underneath it. So, I mean, uh, if anyone's listening to this, this, this into photo editing and stuff, you got your yeah, um, get your notepad out. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> the uh, the limitations that I set upon myself was for Inktober was I wanted to completely remove the digital aspect of it. And, and try and do a piece a day again haven't managed to do that but i've been trying to do a piece a day but completely remove the digital touch-up element yeah. so everything that i do and i have been posting is a hundred percent just on paper yeah. and you only get a photo of what i've so done you reduce your toolkit to yeah, give you massively i think that's a really good way of working and i i need to do that in a way i did it musically and, as well where yeah. I, I, I made a hip-hop tune but i took just one single sample of a brass uh something off like a 50s record or something yeah. just one brass note and i made every single synth in the track out of that so i made the bass the middle pads and the high-end synths and i did treat them all differently yeah. and made this track out of just it, that yeah it, it styles the music for you and well, like i think i it think forces you to try new things yeah like. and i'm kind of it's a really stupid thing to complain about but i have too much stuff now like things went so well i got i got so much gear bonnie there bro forever was that on an sm58 yeah all that stuff was like yeah, yeah all done on like that one first album which was what like his, his that's still the album. biggest selling album was it, it was just done on an sm58 wasn't yeah, it yeah but that's like yeah. a whole there's a whole thing behind that which is a, shit a whole Mikey, story behind it it's just <laughs> yeah what yeah. sold it and the music is great of course um well, this, this, this if, if, if you don't mind me interjecting, is this, this the, like what I, what I was going to say was, is this, is this thing you told me, which is people being scared to, um, to go minimal. And it is the power of minimal, like almost like that. Scary. Less, less, is, less is more kind of thing. And like, I, I love that you sort of were saying that you, like, when you were drawing, you're like, shit, there's, there's space on my page. So and you space. feel like you've got to fill it. And at that point, yeah. It doesn't mean yeah. it's bad, though. No, it doesn't no, mean it's bad. But at that point, I would have been able to just take a photo of it, bring it into my digital it. tool of choice, which has, you know, an infinite amount of undos. <laughs> and I can do yeah. anything I try. But I'm, I'm stuck. I've, I've set myself the limitation of just doing a shit on paper. So I was yeah. forced to go, how can I, you know, make this a complete image but, yeah, purely in this medium? Learning how to control, like, minimalism and creativity is kind of... It's great. I mean, it's mm. it's something like James McMorrow when he started releasing new records. It was something he said. He was like, "I've I've realised I don't have to layer all this stuff over." And he got this from working with the nineteen nineteen eighty five uh, hip hop producer who works with Drake and stuff. He nice. took he took a song to him, and he was like, "Oh, so I got this idea. Let's work on it." And the guy's like, "Right, okay." And he just like stripped all the guitar from it, a bunch of synths that James put on, and just like mixed it a bit. And like, this is the track. It's just core. like a bass line, some drums, and the vocals. And he and like James was like, oh, I've learned not to hide behind reverbs and stuff now. That's, and that's something yeah. I've learned as well. Yeah, when oh, I look, listen back to my old stuff. It's just like so much reverb. It's I love so, me that reverb. So fly, <laughs> Flying Lotus. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like he's fallen a little out of um, of the limelight, but he was a, a very um, prestigious producer of the sort of last decade. Yeah. Uh, out in Los Angeles, he produced uh, a guy called Thundercats album, who is just a phenomenal jazz mm. bassist. And when he took him into the studio and was like, "We're going to do this whole album now," the limitations he set on him was no auto tune. You've got to sing everything, and wow. we're not going to tune your vocals. <laughs> and Thundercat is a phenomenal bassist. Um, before this experience, when I'd watch him live on YouTube and shit his voice was great but it was always like a little wavy and yeah, it, was a little, yeah. it was a bit like kind of like unpolished lackluster a little, yeah a little, a little raw um and and flylo just like placed that limitation on him saying i'm not going to use any auto-tune so on this was, record 
the outcome he had to just really learn. He, he, really that's cool. Learn and practice, but it was like every like thirty takes for each. That's fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do a lot of takes and just comp yeah. the little but bits out of, out of that, each track. You you've set yourself that limitation. Mm. You've had to fucking rise to yeah, that occasion. You're going to walk I mean, out I've, of that. I've still use auto tune when I want to, but I'm not. I'm yeah. not limited. I'm not yeah. putting that limitation yeah, you're, on myself. Yeah, you're, you're 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 a great full set of vocalists for sure. Like like you 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 smash their notes, but mm. like. For for someone like Thundercat, who was a little wavy before yeah, he went in, would right? rely on that. He would rely on it, but like he walked out of that album recording experience, and he became a better vocalist yeah. overall. So he could go out live, and he'd be able yeah. to. Sorry, I said full set of vocalist. And I felt that was a reductionist. No, that's fine. I, 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 I rarely hear you singing. <laughs> well, chest like the reason I started singing a falsetto because I couldn't sing, so it was easier to just kind of whinge in a high voice. Maybe set, maybe set yourself a challenge of doing a song purely in chest voice. Yeah, maybe yeah, set yourself a challenge of doing something purely I'm on that tape I need, to, I need to find the right song for it because mm. I've been trying to put it in some songs like but then the falsetto sounds better. There, so. there was there was a track that we did. It was the live uh, session you did with Ed. Right. With the, it was t- uh, Terraform. I think I, was, okay. I, I told you this the other day. It was right. like there's a bit in the track where I think you come in for like the, like the last. Um, uh, yeah, in the end bit, yeah, yeah, like the, the whole bit. the whole end section. But you're there, and you're not singing in falsetto. You're you're actually just singing with your I normal voice. I always layer a lot of like loud in like loud sections and chest voice. I love but, like shouty but that, loud. That's stuff. the thing, and and for me, I, that's what I really liked. It, it was something that I didn't expect from you, yeah. and it was really really cool. I do it live uh, quite a lot these days. It's good. I like it. I, I want to turn. I mean, like it feels like forever ago we started this tangent, but yeah. I want to turn the question around on you. So I feel like uh, me and Ali have, have answered this of when like because you've got like a, a pretty successful film company yeah you got people working on you you make a lot of content mm. um as a filmmaker i've i've you know, watched over the years obviously you know right now i've had to pretty much watch every project you've ever made 300 put times up my antics yeah <laughs> uh, you're like please why haven't you watched my my independent film the you Better still Man haven't yet? seen my like, feature film you still haven't seen room, it oh, yeah. i was in the room where you were fucking editing it and i saw it you've 300 seen, times you've just seen not it. chronologically <laughs> you've seen um, yeah you've seen every single yeah. shot you just never seen the final thing so you are now going to be very comfortable in your ability to make a film so a client comes to you you've got a brief yeah uh you're very comfortable in saying I've developed my skill set up to the point where I can go and pretty much smash out your advert, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, where do you go from there? You say you want to like, you know, improve your skill set. You yeah. want to experiment a bit. You want to you figure out some new techniques. How do you bring that form of experimentation in? You're you're furthering yourself, not as you're furthering mm. your company's breadth of, yeah. of of skills. Um, how how do you bring that experimentation into your practice? It's been a weird one because um, I guess I, I'm uh, I don't know. It's it's, it's like, like like a lot of um, uh, filmmakers, directors, and, and videographers nowadays. You have to lend yourself to all kinds of practices. Um, it's very rare um, that someone who who does I don't know it, like. I, I had this argument with my tutor, but Carol, she, she <laughs> called me a Nazi. We can get there in a minute. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's not one for me because I've had to lend my hand to so many types of, 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 of video. I've done everything from your, your bread and butter corporate sort of interview to your very sort of like, you know, higher end TV adverts to music videos to live sessions. Hmm? Something for Twitter. Yeah, yeah, did did a really cool video for Twitter uh, recently as part of the, the Scottish Twitter uh, campaign. That was a, a, a brilliant. Absolutely love the actress on that. She encom- Rainey, encompasses yeah, my my uh, nihilistic outlook on life. <laughs> she's yeah, she was she was amazing. Uh, um, 
because I uh, yeah she, she she was she was great to work with it and that, that she, was, was, she was a comedian right yeah yeah she, she, she she's comedian, on she's sorry. on the she, she's a great comedian she's on the TV and um, a lot of sort of like, uh, like panel things she's got a tour going around at the moment but yeah and and uh, st- stuff like the the, the Twitter thing um, kind of kept me on my toes really because. I sort of I do a lot of stuff that's that like you said is in, is in my comfort zone really and yeah. and I can go on autopilot. Somebody says, "Oh, can you come and uh, d- do an advert for a, a, a you know a, a company that unblocks drains?" I'm like, "Yeah, cool." Yeah, like like and, and I just go sure. and I kind of go into like autopilot. I'm like, oh, "Cool, yeah. I know my." So you yeah, need your narrative. So. You know your character arcs or whatever. You I need. To you won't learn in autopilot though. You no, can no, smoke something out in autopilot, but you won't learn. Oh, absolutely. Anything. That's the thing is like. With what V's and I do, like you said, you fail a lot of these drawings, and I yeah. fail so much. You can't fail I, an advert for dude, someone. I, I, th- this, this you don't is the get kind the of chance to well, really because the client will there. come back again and again and again. Don't, 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 don't get wrong. Yeah. I, I think you. I think we do have failings, but we fail within the safety net of the company. Okay. Um. I. I. D- I wouldn't. I don't know. You, I wouldn't call it a failing, but the the first draft is always shit. Mm-hmm. That's some. That's 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 one of the hardest yeah. things to learn. Is and the that, first draft hard. is always shit, and that that's hard because like you know that like because I, I don't really do it much anymore. <laughs> but like when no. you're sending, you you have to like take everything that you've just done and you have to send it over to your client and you just smash it together as fast as you can just to get like a taste of it. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah, know yeah. that it's nothing like yeah. how clean and crisp it's going to be. But you, really but you have to show that. it. Yeah. You have yeah. to show it to the client because they're asking for dude, it. It is terrifying when, you, when you've it. got to you, you've got to put something in front of someone and and you'll kind of sit there and be yeah. like, uh, you know, so obviously the music's going to come in here. There's going to be transitions. There's going to be this. Uh, there's they going to be effects over the top. They can't. And they're just and yeah. they're looking at it just like. Uh, so so, where's, so where's, the, where's, the, where's the where's the where's the where's the where's the badger coming my, my, in? Is, my, he, is he meant to maul the child? So yeah, yeah, that comes in later. Uh, just, yeah, yeah, you love it as well. Like, when when films get leaked, like especially <laughs> like the superhero the ones, on it, yeah. and like it would just be like uh, Wolverine fighting like a really bad three D cube, yeah. which is a placeholder. <laughs> but but my yeah. correlation between that is that when I I start doing like um, an illustration for someone, yeah. I'll spend like five minutes doing like the quickest fucking sketch yeah. that I can just to be like that's the layout that and occasionally i will have them sort of come back like, oh could you change this and you change something like <laughs> it's literally just like i just shat this on the page just to yeah. show you like yeah don't this is this is there's there's a certain i'm trying to get you to get like an essence of it not yeah, yeah. well this, this, this is an interesting thing so like, like i was saying like we we um in in in, the, in in my company we um yeah like like i said we we, we make sure that we make those feelings before we even put the work across the client. So I'll do a first draft, and we do internal rounds of, of, of feedback, which is which is tough. We we make sure that we're we're sort of um, we're like honest and we're and we're as honest as we can be when reviewing work. And you've got to toughen up at that point because that's that's one of the that was one of the hardest things that I had to learn was take feedback uh, and take yeah. and take take oh, candid dude take taking candid feedback when you put your heart and soul into something and somebody's like uh, I didn't really get that bit and you're like. Oh, it's a fucking dagger like, to the chest. I feel chest. like I, I need that these days, though. Oh, I'll do it, yeah. mate. I'll come and rip your side. <laughs> but like, there's got to be like a construct. Sometimes, it's oh, just it, like, that's, that's the thing. It's, it's called radical candor feedback, and it's, it's basically right. it's, it's the it's the brutally, brutally honest truth, uh, yeah. but for the for for better means. Basically, yeah, I've always hated it because like, <laughs> I love my work so much that I when I make like a piece of artwork or like an animation, you're, you're so personally invested, a piece in of you know. That's like I, I form a, like a relationship with this piece of work. I, I, I 
it, yeah, it means a lot to me. Mm. And then I hand it off to someone that hasn't even just been doing some other shit. And then they just open the file and go, oh, yeah. Um, That's all right. How about you change this, this and this? I'm like, you. It's, it's tough, man. I, get but, that. Um, I guess I get that in a songwriting sense. If I write something and someone's like, eh, it could be a lot better. Oh, Is that Ed saying it. that? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> then then it's a bit like, oh, it's a shame. But like when I'm making a track and it's like coming to life, I really appreciate the feedback then yeah. of someone being, no, that doesn't sound right. Oh, that's not a very good sound. That's a bit. Play days is the term we use. Play days? Yeah. Um, if something, yeah, that's a bit play days. It's a bit like cheesy. It's going to be a hard balance when you're trying to make like emotive music and you're going to want to bring in... I don't know. I, I I understand what you're saying when you try and make a sound sound emotive, but the production of it might lend itself to I don't know, like, like the slightest hint of cheesiness. You've got to flush that shit out. Yeah, exactly. So so going back to to I guess what your original question was was how how do I keep yeah. the how do I keep experimenting and progressing if if especially when you're within the framework of a company, you've got like clients, yeah. things relying yeah. on you and stakeholders. Yeah, yeah. And um, I guess um, that point was quite interesting you were saying because I guess you, you've got quite a safe environment here where you can experiment and you can fail and you're like okay well I can I can pick whereas with my thing is if I fail um, we don't get paid or it could be days is... or even a couple of weeks that have just been like lost yeah. and that's all profit and yeah. that's all time of the company yeah. I, I, I got the pressures of um, yeah. you can't fail and therefore I have to rely on my sort of um, Your the, my, my toolkit yeah, yeah. Which, which is then quite uh, interesting because like within the company we then have the conversations of do we want to try something new? So what the last one was maybe like the other one. It's like, well, mm. yeah, because I literally had oh, like like half an hour to write it. <laughs> write the treatment. It, yeah. yeah, to write that treatment. It had to be off. So it's that balance of um, do you still rely on those toolkits and, and, and just and put something out that is, you know, safe in a way yeah. or do you keep pushing for something new so you, i guess you've maybe got to pick your project pick oh, your oh yeah abs absolutely so if Let's, the right brief comes along you can go okay we can really try something new yeah here. yeah yeah. but yeah. for the most part you're you know just to keep the ball the corporate ball rolling yeah. you're gonna have to no absolutely that's that's what music videos are great for as well but yeah, um yeah, yeah. yeah you can but, really branch out and try with yeah. concepts you don't really know how to do yet and yeah, work I, it out in production and, and, and also I, you've only got a three minute video to deliver yeah. so like you, could, you say only yeah. that's still a lot well, of work yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you, you just need to be able to pull off like your, your concept or whatever yeah. for a much shorter time than say a yeah, 20 man. minute I, but I, I've, I've had to take a step back from music videos I haven't done one for maybe like a year and a half oh, because shit. they're not profitable they're not yeah. there's no money in it so yeah. I, I, I was thinking but, of just expanding on the question about expanding your, your toolkit because um, obviously you've expanded your company and you're yeah. bringing in new people. You've had some very interesting people come in. Yeah. You've had Lewis, who's yeah. fantastic DOP, and you've had a few other people. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know personally. Do you find that maybe you you choose people, or that when you you get certain kinds of people and you employ them, that when they bring their toolkit in, you can go, oh, we can actually use some of what they've got to bring into our projects and use that to expand your toolkit. Oh, hells yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Sorry, I say that like, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I, get, I get what you mean. Like, like we, um, we, when we hire, um, we hire people uh, to, to, to fill in the gaps that are, are our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'd say my strength is as, as, as a storyteller. I guess my, my weakness is more the technical aspects of cameras and lighting, whereas Lewis... 
Lewis oh, Jelly. He is check, the check. technical wizard. Yeah. L- Lewis is, uh, I'd probably say, like a guru. L- <laughs> Lewis, Lewis is a man the... writes blog posts in his free time <laughs> about like the most insane technical jargon I've ever seen. Lewis, and Lewis, I love my technical. Shit. I, I, I can point a camera and make something look pretty. Lewis knows how our camera works. He's for the... fun. Blog posts for yeah. fun. That's I, what you want. I, yep. lo- I love that dude and it's having someone like that on your yeah. side that yeah like you said that is that is a, a, a super automatically expands you. your toolkit so yeah. you go all right i've i've got this flavor of yeah of, of talents of storytelling and then we go oh, okay we can get this wickers yeah but when you've got people at home that might be starting out <laughs> um learning how to do these things i don't know mm. um I, I, there, there is a freedom when you're when you're not beholden to an audience. You're not beholden to a studio that you yeah. run. You're not beholden to clients. And it's one of the things that I've been like, oh, if if I mean, I'd never fucking be able to. But if I had the time and the, like the the will to take a year out of my own shit, just going and doing a masters. And like using that just to explore everything. Yeah, I guess. But obviously, I, th- I think none of us <laughs> are in a position where we can do that. Yeah, it, it's the, the, the idea of taking time to work on yourself and, and, and expand in that sense. That's that's definitely something that's, that's, that's on my mind because the the, the, the studios that, that do it a lot. I mean, it's across the board. But um, there's a, there are a lot of studios out there now from creative standpoints and from tech standpoints that will give you. 20% of your work week to work on your passion project. So you might do Monday to Thursday working on the, the company project. Yeah. And then you might have your Friday where you're still paid and you still come in, but you're allowed a hundred percent to do whatever it is you want. And it's prevalent in creative fields where people will come in and say, work on an Xbox game or, or uh, 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 visual effects or something for those first four days of the week. And then they'll come in on the Friday. And as long as it's within like the right sort of veins, they're allowed yeah. to hundred percent have, that day to work on it and what they'll do is they'll go away and they'll come up with uh new ways and it it keeps their passion high it Mm -hmm. keeps their their morale high yeah what i find really interesting is that this is also really prevalent in tech yeah so you'll get people coming in that are from like uh people like uh you know like silicon valley where they'll have people working on coding and hacking and 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 making you know know, software and stuff and you'll be like okay four days of the week you'll be working on uh you know all of our our projects. projects yeah but on the friday They'll Free. they'll come in and they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm coding up this new application that mm. uh, every time I run out of toilet roll, a little uh, <laughs> RC car rolls into my toilet with a, with yeah. a fresh roll without me having to do anything because I've got a sensor attached to my bum hole that I designed. Um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but the, the, what they they can take from that is like because they've gone into it and it's with passion and they've researched it, they'll be learning new things and yeah. making new tools that when it comes back to Monday again, they'll A, have like a higher morale, B, they'll, they'll just be like happy about where mm-hmm. they're working. And 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 yeah, it, it, that, that seems like a great thing. Dude, it's, 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 one, it's, one of the most pow- it's, it's one of the most powerful things to have, especially in a team of creatives. And it's something that I know as a company, we are really trying to um, implement. As as a the only thing is as a small company in the co- in the company size that we are now, dude, it's so hard to find the the, the pockets of of time. Yeah. 
But saying that, <laughs> I know that that's something that, especially in the next kind of few months, is something we want to implement, especially for our junior staff, is to allow them the, the, the environment and the space to explore, develop and grow. Because otherwise, you, you're doing yeah. your nine to five and then and you go home and you're exhausted. And it's like, where, where, yeah. where else do you find yeah. the time? Yeah. So we want to be the, 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 kind of, the kind of people that, that can enable... Uh, that kind of growth and unless you're given that space by those around you like the, your, your employers or whatever dude it's so hard yeah. and, I, and I I want to kind of be that um, you, especially in yeah. our company I want you drain them of their energy yeah. and you expect them to come in on Monday and carry on like yeah. well that's that's why on, on my on my lunch times I, I actually try and dedicate my lunch to doing something completely away from anything that I'm doing with work um, that's it's hard why. to shut off though isn't it that's hells not... yeah especially when you get those yeah. emails coming in the people saying oh just so you know you have to have that storyboard over by uh, you know four o'clock I've got that meeting um, yeah, yeah. so you know you're sort of <laughs> like mate yeah. your, your lunch consists of inhaling something that's on your desk um, yeah. but, but, but there's, there's, there's that meditative standpoint of it where clearing your mind just like pushing all of yeah. it out sort of untangles those fairy lights that are all, all fucking just completely consumed in themselves yeah. and, and all wrapped up and you can't <laughs> that's see, a nice, yeah it's a nice you uh, can't uh, fucking like because you've got so much shit that's just tangled up in your head so that you can't get to the, <coughs> that that light at the end of the tunnel you need to get to yeah. but they like even though you know you haven't really got a lot of time step back do a little meditation yeah. try and clear your head and then when you come back to it that path to the end will, will help you, you I feel like a I lot need more clear. that and I don't know what it has to be you tried meditation i tried meditation uh wasn't really i think i should persevere to be honest but i feel like i feel like i need something like you know a friday where you do something different which is actually going to benefit what you do on Monday. Well, this, um, yeah. this, well this, you just got a cycling <coughs> machine. You've been using it. Because yeah. <laughs> well, that, I want to be healthy. I, I, I work I out. I do like, it all Friday. For, for me, that, that meditation time, I, I work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But, and that's time that like, I get, you know, I've got a very uh, yeah. strict regiment that um, I've had since I was basically 14 years old. Going back to the Doomsday Cult. That's how I cope with it. Doomsday Cult. <laughs> <laughs> I need that theme tune. Um, <laughs> But like I, these days when, when I use that as a means to escape and, and just be like, cool, I'm not going to think about work. To get away I've from it, I've yeah. got one hour where I know I'm going to be working out and I, I'm going I'm to just focus on, I'm going to turn up some music and every time yeah. those projects and, and anxieties spring into my mind, I'm going to try and push that shit down yeah. and it... it well, I, I'm like for, for me, um, that's what this is. Yeah, like that's, no, that's like, like I, mean, I think that was one of my driving forces for, for us trying to do this. Where I was like, I need something that that that, en- that energizes me, and and doing this, like, doing this, this is pointing me a lot of his good toy train set right things. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, it looks th- great, by the way. Man. <laughs> well done, mate. You've painted those hills such a nice shade of green. <laughs> But no, no, like, I, it's, it's, I, I do, I do think that that's 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 why um, I love doing the homework sessions in London, and you and you come and help me do those V's. That's even though that's my day off, mm. I'm still working. But yeah. go, we're going, you we're going can to London. We're shooting the comfort zone. You get to, like interact with friends, and you've always been very geared towards music with your filmmaking. Mm. Yeah. So like that's how I know you is from uh, your live sessions I performed on the second or third bedroom. Yeah. Well actually oh no going back even further the time the actually day I met you was you when I was doing a, a music documentary, documentary yeah. with, our, with our friend Chris in, in, in uni in second year 
And I came and interviewed yeah. you in your student hall kind of thing. I was like, oh, damn, this guy's really cool. <laughs> this guy's really cool. And then I invited you on to Bedroom Live, which is my music, which is my like, live music session thing set and in my bedroom like, at uni. You, uh, you uh, need a sound engineer on this because well, yeah, you yeah. can't operate the camera and do live audio. Oh, mate, I, was, I thought I could do it all. So I had all the cameras set up. I had like cameramen and I was there being the sound mixer, director and the cameraman. But, I mean, just to, to, to make sense of that, it was like a live mix. So it, it yeah. was before MIDI tools were like really readily available. So this was a mixing desk where you plug everything into it and then whatever you get out the other that's side it. of that, is the that's, that's the whole mix. It was, it, was, it, was, it was one of those <laughs> yeah. like bearing a, a, just a like stereo four, four track stereo out and that was it, just record yeah. it into Cubase. <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's it. Was it Cubase? Man, I was on Cubase at that point. I, I only had yeah. my... Uh, so uh, we, we toured after that and there were plenty of times where it was just like... I, I'd just be on a mixing desk in the back of a of a <laughs> uh, of a venue while someone was playing, and I'd be like, I have to mix this to Dude, perfection live right this, now. This is a perfect example of even what we were chatting about about how do you expand your skill set and and, and push that. yourself. Do Dude, our our bedroom live stuff, I think I think forged us as <laughs> as to the, it took us to the next level as. It opened me up to, to a new career of, of like, oh shit, this is actually what it's like to try and survive as a, as a filmmaker or as a creative. Without in, the appropriate gear. Without the appropriate gear. Because you can't afford it. How do you try and do something well, interesting budget. and fun? Yeah, just on what you can do. And you and you, you me and uh, a shout out to George Burgle, who... who like, mate, he's I I, I love George. He still he, he still exists at the same level as anxiety as he ever has. <laughs> I love that he is a natural born producer, and yeah. he will like show up to whatever project he's working yeah. on with this like he's always excited. He always loves what he's working on, but, but he's always got this level. vibe <laughs> of like. <laughs> The world is going to end unless we fucking nail this. So everyone's got to be exactly that. where they've got to be. Like he's well, that's got this. Good. That's what you want, right? But, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I, he, he's a man who gets shit done. And I've always, always, always respected him for that. I fucking love, love him. George. Um, love George. And, but, but it was those times, like we were saying about how, like, uh, how do you progress? And I think it's those times when we had to uh, basically fight or flight, yeah. essentially. Put yourself in a position where you have to succeed. Uh, somehow, and you and you find ways yeah. around so it. So we're we're kind of going back to drawing parallels to um, limitations. Yeah. So yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, like yeah. whatever you're working on right now, if you are a creative listening to this, or you just listen to us because you think we're a bunch of fucking idiots and it makes you laugh. Um, if you, if you are a creative and you're pursuing something, look at your uh, your your uh, medium, what it is you're doing, and going right. What can I lose? Like I was saying about like Strip losing back. digital and then just going, right, well, I, I just got to do this on paper now. Or is it, or is it more sort of like assessing sort of like what's what's my crutch? What am I what am I leaning on? Like, mm. like, like I, yeah. I still find it really interesting Ali, that you like from when I, I met you. What allows you, me to refine something mm. too much. So yeah. is that, that, yeah. that infinite undo button? Okay. It's. So for you, like I say, like it'd be really interesting to hear you do a track purely on that tape machine. Yeah, I like, mean it's only four channels. Exactly. Panic in his eyes. Like, uh, like, like obviously, take a track four. as far as you could with four channels. Yeah, and then and then mix afterwards, and then bring in some other stuff. But like as far as you possibly can, just of those four tracks. For you, Josh, obviously you've had the recent project where you shot on uh, is it nine millimeter. 
Eight, yeah, eight, 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 eight mil. Yeah, yeah, nine yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine millimeter is a gun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do cameras. I don't do cameras. Well, well I, I, with limitations for me and stuff that I love doing, um, recently, I think it was like a year or so ago, um, I entered the 48-hour uh, London Sci-Fi Film Challenge. Oh, yeah, 48 yeah. hours to shoot, <laughs> produce, edit, and deliver a uh, sci-fi film based on a, a you know a series of, of, of um, notes and... and, and yeah. Um, restrictions and at the end of it yeah you, you get put into a competition and we fucking won you won we yeah. won I, we, we won the London the sci-fi film toast competition toast in the bath hmm? is that the one with no that's the yeah no no that, that is the one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so, so, so it's, it's kind of like um, you know it was, it, was, it was a really cool project but that's what I love doing is, is, is yeah. I, 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 so that's I, I interesting you in say that because the Inktober stuff that I've been doing um, a, 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 a strong amount of it was like uh, just uh, you know w- wanting to try some new shit but it was like right I, I've just got this by myself and I'm going to complete this driving force by myself <laughs> of going like I've got to turn around this piece of artwork every single day again tr- dramatically failed um, but like I've got to wake up every day and I've got to like you know I've, I've set myself all these really short deadlines of turning something around and and then as soon as I'm done I'm on to the next one so then you, you're put on this this the high alert of I've got to turn something around in this fucking time and that's exactly how where I've been with Inktober of I've got to turn something around as quick as I fucking can and then I, I'm put in a kind of panic state and it, if, if you want to pursue life as an independent artist obviously Ali you are an independent artist mm-hmm. and, and you have that drive you're able to wake up in the morning and go right I'm going to work on my album well, and that's going to be my whole day but it's, 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 it's not easy or, or, necessarily or, if you don't have a client on your back that's very true <laughs> You said, what have you been up to all week at the start of the podcast? (laughs) Finally, we get... (laughs) I mean, come on, answer it, mate. (laughs) And also, we're on about what you do apart from the creative thing. Like, what is there to, like, lean on to relax or just to kind of ease your mind? Yeah. And I'm someone who will get into something for, like, three days and think, I love this, and then just... (laughs) forget about it again and like <laughs> that's why i keep, just keep coming back to music and these other things just fade away and like this week i haven't done loads of music so i've just felt really uninspired and i basically i read an article which fucked up my week or maybe my whole life it breaks it oh and, shit or maybe in a good way maybe in a bad way <clears throat> but basically i was reading an article about jeff bezos who owns amazon richest man in the world basically jeff bezos just got uh, the most expensive divorce in the world and had to give his ex-wife like Half 50 billion yeah. like, oh, not, he was on about um automated stock trading oh fuck yeah oh, so this pe- is great people who don't really understand stocks and all that it's like okay put some money in automated service just kind of uses algorithms to buy and sell buy 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 sell, 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 sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get little bits of money throughout the day and by the end of the day you can get like hundreds of thousands or whatever oh, and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. this is interesting I don't know much about stocks it's something I've always wanted to kind of understand a bit why not click this button oh and my God. I was like okay yeah I could get into this automated stock um, service procrastinating <laughs> making his album right here well like, it's just like you read it over lunch and it's like well I haven't done anything good today this fucking guitar riff is shit and you, th- you need to you need to do something else and I just I, see like, this yeah. spiraling <laughs> no <laughs> yeah so it was like originally automated stock service you put in $200 and it'll just do the rest kind of thing 
but just wasn't, did, 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 did a man as, in a tie ring you up? Not as hey, su- Ali, right. I've seen, yeah. oh, I've seen you Get want to invest in this thing, man. It's great. Oh my god, everybody's buying it, man. Buy, buy, you know, just we buy have a in. technology company that is is primed for rapid expansion. Oh, it's growing so fast. the garage, the two kids in the garage. Like, Were you on the other end of that phone? Mate? Like, oh my god, I think I need to buy into this. So, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. This is great. So. <laughs> I clicked and I signed up to a website and I was like, These are le- this is a legit website. This is fine. Mm-hmm. And basically you can put money in and withdraw it whenever you want. And, you know, I have some... They even said in- it on the website. <laughs> yeah, so it must be true. <laughs> I can put my money in it and withdraw it? I Sweet. like... I'm not, I spend a lot of money on gear and stuff, but people yeah. get annoyed that I have a shit phone, I have bad shoes, I, my wallet is falling apart. Just to go on that, uh, the, the funniest thing I think that I've seen in a long time is the fact that um, you have to remove and un, like um, unplug the, the battery in your car whenever you switch it off, because yeah. otherwise it will otherwise drain. Otherwise it will die. You, you just buy it, just buy it. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's the best image of just like Ali in pulling up ways, and then, un, I, then unplugging his car battery. It's just in some ways I'm just not materialistic at all. In other no, ways, I, I, in other ways I, I am. And I love that. I love that. I love and the fact that you'll spend so much money on a fucking guitar. Because sometimes, <laughs> like, even the money itself, if you make a lot of money doing something, you just made a bunch of money. It's like, easy for that to sit on your brain and go, oh, I could do all the things that I could do. I could go all these places. I could spend this money doing shit. But if you can go, I'm just going to leave that in the bank and I'm going to carry on working because I really yeah. enjoy what I do. Yeah. That that requires a specific yeah. mindset. And, well, like, like I said, I get into these things for like three days at a time. So I really got into going to a casino for like three days. You went to a casino for three days? Where what? was I? F- uh, I don't know where you were. But were you, this, where, this, where happened, was this? this happened randomly on a night out with Nathan. Of course and it happened with <laughs> Of course. Shout and I've never, never been to a casino in Cardiff before or anything proper. And we won like 300 quid. So we're like, yeah. I'm hey. going back. So went back the next day, like lost some money, won some. And then I took Sarah there playing the little slot machines and stuff like that. And I, I lost like 70 quid. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so... I go on this website, I upload the money and... Upload that money. And it's like, you're going to be assigned a stockbroker. I was like, oh, I thought it was an automated service. I was like, I'd signed up for something which wasn't an automated service. And basically it was a manual stockbroking website and you get your own stockbroker who then phones you. So I got a phone oh, call. No. <laughs> phone call from a guy saying, hi, Ali, we see you've signed up. I'm going to be your guy. Any questions? Personal stockbroker, he said, didn't he? Yeah, personal stockbroker. And he's got a few clients. So I'm going to be one of them. And he shared his screen with me and we had this like video conference call. (laughs) It's not that one. (laughs) And I I was like, while I was on the phone, I was still like looking if this website was legit. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Right. And he was like, right, so you got to put some, put some trades down. And I was like, I don't fucking know anything about stocks. And I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, this, I like like trades, you know, Euro Uh, GP and uh, I don't know. And so I did. I put a few down, and over the course of a day, I got like two pounds. I was like, oh, "Okay, cool." You and he phoned me. Today. He phoned me. I was like, "Are oh, you going to buy a yacht with that two pounds?" Oh. I was like, "I was like, no." What's your commission on that two quid? Yeah, mate? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so basically, the thing is, like, yeah, the stockbroker gets a commission when you like win a trade, which is yeah. good because they're on your side. You yeah. win, they win, um, but yeah. it's also your money. Uh, so this, they're risking your money in a this, sense. This, this yeah. is uh, I, I I I love this kind of stuff. This is the weird thing because it is so uncreative. Oh, wait, this, and this, I like this is because you procrastinate. You were like, oh, this guitar riff is shit. Yeah. I'm gonna go online. I stumbled you, first uh, into the opposite of my field. What was what was the the the, the, the time difference between like what, think, what was the duration between oh fuck this guitar riff to hey Ali I'm your stockbroker. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It was like twenty minutes, man. Jeez. <laughs> 
but, but like, you know, I don't, I don't have to say yes. I, I don't, I'm not easily convinced of things, but I did say yes. I was like, fuck Josh it. Josh is dying on like, the floor. No, no, fuck no. it. And yeah, so I was like, right, if I'm going to make any money, I need to put more money uh, into this thing because basically yeah. the more money you have yeah, in it, yeah, the yeah. higher your, yeah, the higher your margin yeah. is, the more likely, okay. The, okay, the higher right. your buffer is, the way you explain it to me is say, if you put uh, 200 in and you're riding the exchange rate, if there's, you know, you're riding the exchange rate and it, it, it crashes a bit. Well, if it goes down to then, 200, you lose yeah, your 200. you lose everything. Yeah. So I put a substantial amount more money into it so I could have a bit more of a, a margin. It yeah. doesn't matter how much. But, um, <laughs> we're just more than 200. Rich cunt. Um, Carry on. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking, this this kind of pays off, right? And so I I trade, you do like currency pairs. So you, oh, never mind, it doesn't matter. But basically, no, 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 so, no, so, no. so pairs is like when you go you GBP. Pairs, so you have euro, like a euro, euro to, GBP. to GBP or yeah, like USD yeah. to Canadian dollars. And basically when you buy one of those, so you buy GBP to euros, you're saying that you the pound is going to rise above the euro. If you yeah. sell GBP it's, it's, to euro, it's gambling, you're going to say that the euro is going to go higher. It's not gambling. It, it, it's, it's like smart gambling. You've got <laughs> to look at... betting. You're, if, you're, if you're, you're placing a so bet that it's going, that this is going to be worth more. So basically, right. Um, I put in more money, I put some trades in and he basically phones me up to say, look, Ali, um, Boris Johnson just announced something, pound is going to go up. I was like, oh, okay, so, so buy some pounds. And so I did and then I went over to see V's and Naif like last, like two nights ago yeah, and I got my phone out. I was like, look, I've been doing the stock stuff. I was like, oh shit, it's rising. And then while I was there, I made 300 pounds. Yeah. Like, oh, I just cashed out sofa. 300 pounds. We watched it like go up yeah. and down. I was like, holy shit. So this and is the kind a of few shit. hours before that, I went to lunch with Isaac and I was showing him again. And the same thing happened to some other stocks I bought. It went up to like 300 quid. I was like, fuck, cash out. So in that day, I made 600 pounds. Nothing. Just I'm doing, doing just, no, literally just, just nothing. Trading, I, just watching so the at numbers. that point, I was like, this is good. Yeah, this is fucking good. <laughs> yeah. So, so next day comes around. <clears throat> Okay, you lost it all. I haven't seen you since then. You haven't seen me since then. So next day comes around. I'm feeling good, but I don't want to spend too much time on this because I noticed that I'd have my logic window open with the stocks just at the side of it, so I could see what was going <laughs> so on. That, that, that guitar, if he hated, was still open and just sat there. It's like, I really so it's like trying to work while looking at this, and you can't fucking relax. So I don't really want to do this anymore. Music, I mean. No, I'm joking. Next time I see you, next time I see you, you're gonna you're gonna like slick back hair. You're uh -huh. gonna have like a blue pinstripe suit. That, <laughs> the, the, the amount of money you made was only contingent on the amount of money you put in. So if you yeah. put in like a shitload of money, you would have made you know Loads, exponentially yeah. more money. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But so basically, he phones me every day saying, "Right, Amazon, they're releasing their stock report today, and it's going to go up. So buy some." But he was like, "You don't have enough nope. to buy some." So I was like, "Okay, I'm not going to buy that. I don't need to put any more money in, mate." I'm just going to work with what I got. He was like, fair enough. Like half an hour later, he phones me up. It was like, Boris Johnson just announced there's going to be like another general election. The pound is fucking dropping fast. So, you know, do what you want with that. So Would it you did. buy in at and that point? And so, you know, you sell, you sell the pound against euro. So it says the euro is going to go higher than the pound. Okay. So you like, you see the pound dropping, you start selling however many you want. And I did. And then within 10 minutes, it was like 300 pounds. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. I bought another one. And then, and then that one was like going at like a hundred pounds. Like shit, right? So I cashed out the three hundred pounds one. I was like, right, cool. And then the one that was a hundred pounds went up to six hundred pounds. So I cashed out, and it was like six fifty and three fifty. So I made a grand, like just like nothing, just moving money around. Then I got cocky. Oh, oh no. no! And I was like, it's still dropping. Why not? I don't. I don't give a fuck. Like I've seen <laughs> I made my Street. G. Margot Robbie's <laughs> coming around. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So I put like double the amount. I sold like double the amount I would did on the first one, like while it was still dropping. And as soon as I did it, it just started rising and rising. And then the account was like minus 500, minus 1,000. Minus one thousand five, minus minus three thousand. I was like, I was like, shit. You're gonna lose no, five grand. No, no. It's like, I was like, shit. Like, how much is it gonna get Fucking, to before it just closes and I you, lose you everything? Because if it hit like the baseline of how much you put in, yeah, you would have lost all the money. Yeah. You put so in. basically, it started. I was like freaking out. I was like, what should I do? Should I just sell it? And it started going down again. I was like, okay, right. It got to like one thousand five hundred, and I sold. So I'd lost one thousand five hundred, just there like do that. You, and so, so, like, so, 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 think, so you have to take an action. Otherwise, like if you were to just leave it, would it just go? Well, it's just not gone. necessarily. It depends how how much it like if deflates. You, yeah, if 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 it goes down by the amount that you've got in your account, it closes then, and you lose yeah. all your money. Shit. So if, so it, if, you if it keeps in, going up, that's great. Yeah, but you can set it so you have auto um, auto sell and like where it's higher or lower yeah, yeah, so you yeah. can like, save yourself so, so like, is, is if you it... put in 200 and and that's like your whole account is 200 pounds and then you put all of that 200 pounds into euros or, or pounds or whatever and yeah. then one of those currencies crashes and then it hits negative minus yeah. it's negative yeah. 200 pounds so you lose that 200 pounds yeah. that's so good. um so so is this uh newfound uh well, interest in stocks gonna be is that is that i don't your... want to be so this was all an accident i tripped into <laughs> it i tripped into it through a phone call and i was happy to proceed but just the how distracting it is because once you have like that much money like in the game and you see it in live going up and down you can't not look away and you're trying yeah, to work yeah. and but the thing is like, i don't want to be i don't it's fucking horrible i don't but, like but, it but, but but you were saying about how like you were like so into it at one point like yeah like, oh my god this well, is amazing if you just think about how easy <laughs> it is just to get sudden amounts of money it's like well that's cool isn't it but you're gonna end up the whole idea of it is not very nice you're gonna, be, you're gonna be on one of those pop-ups that i see like my heart I can't believe how much I made on these, on this. Oh, wow. Check out this website. I only signed up and wow, I've now made £600,000. I'm like, oh, fuck off, mate. I'm just trying to watch the fucking porn. <laughs> yeah. That isn't the kind of shit I clicked on, by the way. It wasn't I definitely that was, wasn't it? It definitely was. You were like, <laughs> some pop like I've never been on the internet before. <laughs> came up with the best idea to get away with murder. Go on. Because I've, I've been listening to lots of true crime podcasts, so I don't be all like... I've, weirdly enough, okay, well, I've got yours. one too. I, I've, no, okay, I've, got, on. I've got a notepad here. I'm going to write it down. So Do you want me to say thing. mine or yours first? Let's both write it down and see if we come up with the well, same thing. <laughs> so mine, mine isn't necessarily the way to get away with the murder. So you have to still commit the murder in an exceptionally uh, well-maintained way in which you get away with it. But in terms of getting rid of the murder weapon, go to a retail store, buy a knife or something with cash. Mm-hmm. And then you murder someone with the weapon in obviously a way that you've considered and planned out and are going to get away with. And then you get one of your friends, oh, I've got so much shit. Can you take this back and send them to another outlet of the same store to return it? So you haven't used your card. So there's no trace of you buying the murder weapon. And you've gotten rid of the murder weapon by taking it to another store. And they're getting rid of it by sending it back to the uh, supplier or the skip or something. It's a very calculated thing, but I guess that's better. Is that better than just like? But that gets rid of the incinerating it, or just or just or just just, weapon. Throw it in the fucking sea. Everything you throw in the sea gets dragged up. That's interesting. Everything. I've listened to literally eighty episodes of. 
uh, what is that? And, 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 and that's and that's something they were like everything why isn't anyone done sea. maybe no one's they maybe they're saying like, oh why hasn't anyone done it maybe that's because they've been getting away with it and no, no. one knows yet the, the, the <laughs> like, you kill them just drown them in a bath and drain the water and like well then you get you get blood traces in the bath oh i guess so you have to you have to kill the them. traces but like the only way to get away with a murder is if you're completely unrelated to the victim so, like, if, if there's someone you know, you're related to, any kind of connection between you and the victim, they probably will end up looking at you at some point. Mm-hmm. So, the only way to get away with a murder is to be completely not tied to the victim whatsoever. And then, yeah, to get rid of the uh, murder weapon, I think, buy from a retail store in cash, no card trace, get a friend to return the weapon to a different outlet with, with cash. And uh, yeah, they will get rid of it through their supplier or whatever, and then it's gone. I mean, here's, yeah, okay. Here's here's an idea because this this I, I I was thinking about this in work the other day, and I was thinking if maybe for a short film, and I quite like the idea of um, somebody hiding them in in walls. Maybe oh, they're no, a carpenter. Yeah. And they and they're taking they're taking they're taking down sort of like walls and rebuilding them, but they're putting like these packaged bodies that like in sealed things that wouldn't Sicario too. Is it? Yeah. Oh, is that? A th- oh, I have seen Sicario. Yeah. Maybe. Oh shit! Maybe I'm just stolen like, it from there. The intro sequence of like, like, like the FBI flood a house like walls? there's nothing in here, and then they just notice like a fly or something, and then one of them just like puts a hole in a wall. There's a body in there. But there, there was like uh, the the uh, was it the Satanist uh, thing back in like the 80s or 90s where everyone was obsessed with Satanism. Like, uh, yeah, like everyone yeah, thought it was yeah. like satanic cults everyone was everywhere. terrified of it they were like there's oh, a it's word this... for it oh fuck the satanic panic <laughs> the, sa- the satanic yeah, yeah, yeah. panic of the 80s thing. 90s yeah. so you got like the exorcist coming out everyone's yeah. panicking about yeah, yeah, satanic yeah. cults yeah. Uh, like the rumour was that people would uh, like kill people in satanic uh, rituals mm. and then plaster and brick and mortar bodies into walls and like my nan was convinced that her cat, which went missing, was, was abducted by Satanists and was like uh, cemented into a wall. And I was told this at eight or nine years old. <laughs> there's a little, He's in the wall, V's! <laughs> there's, there's a little peek into what my childhood was Doomsday like. Doomsday Where's the cat? Super weird, super interesting. Would love to talk about. Oh, a cat's in the wall again. (laughs) Honestly, like I was what, like eight, nine years old, and they were like, "Yeah, tell your kid that." Pretty sure the the cat was taken by Satanists, and he's ended up in a wall. I'm like, fuck me, what cat? (laughs) Yeah. To be honest, the cat probably fucking ran away because my nan is blind as a bat, and I've seen her accidentally toe punt one of her cats across the room. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I went to Valencia this week. Cool. Um, it was it was it was quite. A, it's, it's something I do love about what I do, which is like someone can just ring up and say, "Oh, can you get on a plane? Uh, I need you in Valencia." Um, you know, tomorrow, <laughs> and it's like, yes, yes, I can do that. <laughs> um, so Lewis, um, my DOP, and I hopped on a plane, went over to to Valencia. I find plane journeys fucking terrifying. 
Oh, um, shit, It's something really? I've had to do quite a lot recently. And I don't really tell anyone because I don't want to be that person that's like, I'm scared, scared of flying. Of flying. Uh... But it, it does fucking scare me. Every time I get on a plane, I'm just like... I, I think I'm going to die today. And and it's, I have this little existential chat with myself every time we roll out onto the runway. And I have to get myself into this state where I'm like, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with... If, 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 if this die, plane just just falls out the sky, I'm all right. Especially with all the Boeing stories. Oh, dude, literally, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I sort of... I, I go silent and I go into this little like meditative state so where it's just like... For my whole life, like, I, I, I've had, like... I probably had my first plane journey when I was like seven, yeah. eight. And like uh, my whole life, never had a problem with a plane journey. Never had a problem. But this last one, which was like, you know, some months ago now. Was that back from LA? Yeah. Well, this was back from New York at this point. Oh, okay. Um, like turbulence just fucked me up. Dude. It, like, sent me into panic. <laughs> Mate, I've I never had it in my life, and I was like, I'm gonna fucking die. I'm gonna I, fucking I, die. I, I had like, I've had like rumbles on a plane, you know, where it like kind of shakes you a bit. Coming yeah. back from San Francisco, this was earlier this year. Um, the plane, I think, must have dropped at least twenty to thirty feet, uh, uh, like literally. Uh, and I remember, like, people were screaming. That was one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. <laughs> going going over, uh, I think it was like Canada or Greenland. I've never felt like turbulence like that and it was at that point i was like i'm trying to be okay with this but it's fucking do scary you ever, do you think about what you'd do if the plane started to go down um would you take the oxygen or not i'd I like so. oh yeah yeah because it's all you've got the fight club thing of like oh, it's all about being you high. Put your head between your yeah the oxygen gets you high and then you put your head between your knees so that basically was the second it crashes your neck snaps and you don't feel anything. My, my manager's always told me he wants to die in a plane crash. Why? And like, I'll be quick, I fly I with him a lot. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's more of the idea of, say you're sat at the back of the plane and he wants his last moment to be just this like massive eruption of flames and like to know that it's gone out in like a storm and just see this beautiful thing happen in front of him. Well, not beautiful, but like... I imagine him thinking like, oh, this would be the most glorious send-off. Whereas actually the reality of like, like if a plane plunges into the side of a mountain, you have maybe half a second before the front of the plane reaches the yeah. back and you're just, you're yeah. just, you're you, just pulverized. You, you hit your face on the seat in front of you and just break your face. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh, have, have you have you have you had any um, like? What, I mean, I've I've experienced um, turbulence stuff like that, and it is freaky. I have like a, a nervous laugh when that kind of shit happens. I just start laughing really, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like because I like look around all the scared people, and I kind of find it slightly funny because I know it's not that serious. But then you know, when you get a big drop, I probably would be really really scared. Like what happened to you? <laughs> but no, like I, I fly a lot, and I haven't had any too bad experiences. Like. My worst experience is probably being in Mexico. Um, so basically, we were flying out of Mexico to go back to Texas to play a show the next day. And we left plenty of time. We got to the airport three hours early um, or more, to be honest. And we had a bunch of gear and we had to get our carnet signed. And a carnet is basically a passport for your gear. Um, so we went through the procedure to get the carnet signed and they'd scan all the gear and stuff. We did that and they were just like being really, really slow about it. Eventually did it. And we got to the check-in desk and the woman was like, you got plenty of time. This is all completely fine. Um, so we got to the desk, they started talking in their native language and we couldn't really understand what was going on. Jesus Christ. Um, and they were just, they scanned one of our guys' passports and the rest of ours, they kind of just 
you know forgot about it and kept scanning the gear and stuff mm. and like time kept going on we were there for like 20 minutes and 30 minutes and we were there for like 40 minutes and the woman was just like suddenly like there's no time anymore it was like what, what? do you mean you said there was plenty of time before she's like no there's no time anymore the computer crashed <laughs> and you know we had to reboot everything and there was no explanation at all but basically the one person who had their passport scanned before this happened ran he got onto the plane he left <laughs> we were like just go mate you've had your passport scanned and she was like you're gonna miss your plane sorry guys so we missed our flight back to um texas and i'd buy all new flights out of mexico for like what? seven people Brand. yeah for like seven people buy all the flights back because they fucked up and they were too slow and then their computer crashed and didn't admit that it was their fault oh my god yeah ridiculous flying stories i fucking love one when we all lived together and i went on that road trip around the states oh yeah and i was trying to find a ridiculous gift to bring uh you back josh <laughs> and like literally one of the last days i was out in arkansas in little rock which is the capital i like found a sex shop and i found a justin bieber blow-up doll called dude. justin bieber <laughs> And I was like, yes, that's the one, that's the one. <laughs> so like, I packed it into my suitcase and I went to, uh, like, I think the next day I flew back. And then like, uh, after like, well, like a day or two of fucking traveling, like flying and I think I had a flight change and then getting back to the UK, train back and taxi back. And then like, after all this fucking time, I'm like, Josh got something for you. Open up my suitcase to give you this ridiculous Justin Bieber blow-up doll. And I just see a fucking note from the TSA saying they'd search my bag. So I just have this wonderful mental image of these bastards at the TSA. They're going, All right, we'll search this one. Because I had my loop pedal with me. Whilst on the road trip, I went and saw a few musical friends of mine. And we had a, a few tasty little gems. Because it would look like a, a weird piece of tech. Really, oh, yeah, it would just look like a weird cluster of, like, cables and chips and stuff. So they, they uh, took my bag, I guess, after an x-ray or something, and, like, had a further inspection, opened it up. The first thing these TSA agents would have seen, Justin Beaver, <laughs> now with two love holes. <laughs> I just... Uh, but, like, my only knowledge of this is, like, coming home and, like opening my bag and seeing the notice that they'd searched my bag i just uh i think uh to let people know now justin beaver died maybe two years later after a lemon was put in his ass no, not even that i think it was literally one of the first parties he was yeah. there someone someone shoved a lemon into <laughs> he never uh, he never reflated <laughs> That, that, want, that, that is interested or, or wants to know something about like recording an album uh, illustration graphic design filmmaking building a business that kind of stuff get in touch obviously find us on um, we've got the Lonely Arts Club um, uh, yeah. Facebook page uh, you can you just, let's, let's do it via the Facebook page do it via the Facebook page yeah yeah that's cool so, so get, get in touch so send, send us your, your questions and we'll try and sort of and, and that, rattle and through that's, some and uh, that's relevant to all levels of people like if you're just starting out or if you've been doing it for like a few years, uh, music, illustration, filmmaking, yeah. pretty much all creative disciplines. Except for dance. We don't do dance. I used to. Of course. You <laughs> cool. So let's wrap it up there then. Thanks again for listening. Um, I've been Josh. Uh, these. Ali. You almost forgot your name there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 Alright, sign off. <laughs> <laughs>